0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 239 of the Co op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary Ace How's it going, Gary?
1: It's going very good. And um, yeah, uh, that, this week at least I got to play you know, more games other than Overwatch, which I'll talk about in the next segment. But yeah, uh, it's been an okay week. I'm doing good. How are you, Rich?
0: Doing pretty good. Uh, I did get to play one game that I will talk about in the segment, and obviously I went to go see Black Panther, so maybe we'll talk about that a little bit briefly later on as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, awesome. So uh, we actually, you know, we may be joined by Dana Abercomy at some point on this show. I mean, she's currently at a toy fair in New York, so it may she may or may not show up. It all depends. Uh, Max And Mr. Lugo, they are off having to take care of some other business, so we hope that they're doing well and that they accomplish the goals that they set out to accomplish today. But uh, as of right now, me and Gary are just going to talk about a few things uh, going on in the industry as well as what we have been playing. So, Gary, now you can let us know what you've been playing uh, so far this week.
1: Okay, yeah, so, of course, Overwatch is one of them, so get that out of the way. And... um. Uh, what should I go? Okay, so I've been playing more of the the Hunt uh, hunt Showdown closed beta. And um, that actually ended on Friday, but I managed to finally get some time in because uh, before it was actually difficult to find a game because I guess not enough people were in the closed beta. But um, towards the end of the beta, I managed to find a couple games. And there's a lot of potential for the game. Um, But it does need some work and some polish, I think. Um, Obviously, I was playing on the PC and there wasn't any like options to change the graphics settings or anything like that. And I have a fairly dated card. So um, what that meant, I mean, it looks beautiful. The game itself looks amazing. It looks very realistic and everything. The effects are really well done. The only thing is like because my graphics card is dated, it was struggling to you know uh perform, and there wasn't really any settings for me to adjust it so that you know I could scale down the textures a little bit so that it runs better um so that was a huge problem for me because it meant I had to struggle with a bad frame rate because you know my card couldn't handle it um and that really affected the gameplay for me personally. But the actual game itself is, um, it, I can tell it's going to be really fun. Now, what Hunt Showdown is, is basically it's a survival game. So, you know, think um, PUBG and Daisy and, you know, those kind of survival games where you're put into a realm with, um, I believe it's up to four characters, you know, in a team. Um, I i really only had, like, another person with me at one time. Um Yeah, but I've only ever had two people in a squad. Uh, But I believe you can have four. And um, so basically you can have up to four players in a team and you take on a contract to kill a specific monster. Um, In the alpha, there was only two monsters. There was like a a spider and uh, this other weird hybrid creature thing. Um, And basically you're put into this really like dark forest uh well sometimes it's daytime, sometimes it's nighttime. And you you have to basically find clues to find the actual monster and slay it and banish it and everything. Um but there there's gonna be other players in the world too who are doing their own contracts and if you come across them, you know, you can fight basically. You can kill try and kill each other and steal each other's supplies or steal each other's uh bounty or whatever, you know. So it gets really interesting with that aspect into it in it as well um and there's you can collect money from each session that you play and you can level up your characters get new weapons and abilities and stuff like that as well and items so that's really cool it's a really cool aspect to it um yeah, I think it's gonna be a really good game once they work out some of the kinks uh it definitely i think there needs to be more. Um, instructions on the main page, or it needs to give you kind of an instructions, a walkthrough, um, the first time you play the game, or like maybe a test session or something for newbies, just so everyone can get to grips with it easier. But um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's got a lot of potential. I think it's going to be a good game, especially because survival is really in right now, and this game, it you know, it's not battle royale. It's it's uh. It's like a survival game, but with like a twist, like a, a real twist to it. So I think it's going to be really good. Um, people should definitely look out for that. And hopefully there'll be an open beta as well. So more people can try that out. Uh, and besides that, I also played some more Assassin's Creed Origin because um, there was an update for that a few weeks ago. And it seems to be performing a lot better than it was before on my GPU. Um, and... Yeah, uh, that, that's something else that I really want to address as well, um, because currently there's been an, a huge increase in the price of GPUs, and this is all because of cryptocurrency. So while it's good that people are making money and you know getting rich of cryptocurrency, other people like me are struggling because I want a new GPU, and now it's like eight hundred pounds for a, a GTX ten eighty, and you can you can buy you can actually buy a pc for that price like so these gpus are now the price of a full computer which is crazy like because of the cryptocurrencies like inflated the price and everything cuz um people are basically farming the gpus and stuff for cryptocurrencies so yeah like that's it's really annoying because it's right around the time when i was actually going to buy a gpu and now the prices have just skyrocketed and they've gone crazy Um, I remember, like, somebody actually told me that it's actually cheaper to buy a pre-made PC with a GPU in it and then just take it out and use it for your system. Like, that's how crazy the prices are right now. But, um, yeah, that's just a little rant. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more Assassin's Creed because, yeah, I really love that series. And I like the changes that they made to Origins. But that's pretty much all I've been playing.
0: So I just want to make a quick comment based on what you said. Uh, Yeah, the the cryptocurrency stuff is, I must admit that I don't really fully understand the phenomenon quite yet. I have been receiving a ton of emails about this stuff. Um, And I do know that it is impacting that as well, because I know a couple of people that they actually, you know, are in the business of doing this type of stuff. So it does make some money. I mean, so far this year, from what I've seen, it hasn't really, it's it's actually been a lot less. It usually starts out every year, a little rough. So if you was to invest some money into it now, I mean, you may make a little bit of money, but not depending on where you invested, in, it, which uh, coin you invested into. So um, I don't really understand too much about it, but it is bad to hear that it is impacting this other stuff. And hopefully that should get better as the year goes on. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, and as for Hunt, you know, I know that this currently is only coming to PC. I do do hope that it is coming to consoles in the future because I have no idea uh when I will be getting a gaming PC, but um, it does sound cool, so I definitely need to check that out at some point. So we'll see. Uh, as for what I have been playing, um, there's a you know, I didn't really get to play too much because I've had a pretty busy week. A lot of writing and working on a lot of different things that you guys will start to see on the website uh, this week. A couple of reviews that I've been meaning to finish, but I haven't really had the opportunity to finish it. But they will be up on the site this week. And one game that I have been playing, though, is this game that's coming out uh, this upcoming week. It's called Past Cure. Um, So if I was to describe this game, uh, it is basically a psychological action thriller. And there's basically a story about a former soldier uh, that becomes a sort of of a lab experiment, you know. And, you know, as the storyline goes, there's this agent we play as, soldier, agent, however you want to preference it. And basically we wake up and there are about three years missing from this character's life. So he doesn't understand what happened for the last three years. And the game is about you uncovering the past, but also dealing with the present because he has a condition due to some pills that he was taking, some medication that he was on that he has now become addicted to. So he's able to do a lot of stuff like slow motion, do things, you know, manipulate time, uh, some telekinesis, that type of stuff. Um, so the way that they envision this game, because the studio that made it, uh, it's actually an independent studio. Uh, I believe they're called, um, Yeah, Phantom 8, Phantom 8 Studio. They had the idea of making a game that is very similar in nature to Max Payne, but also along the lines of a quantum quantum, uh, break. So um, essentially, they try to do a lot of things in this game. As an independent studio, this is their first game. Like I said, there's action in it. There is a couple of stealth uh, moments in it where you have to basically complete a mission in stealth. And if you get caught at any point, then you you just, the mission has failed and you have to start over that type of stuff. They do have some puzzles in the game that you also have to figure out. Uh, essentially what it boils down to for me is that they're trying to do a lot of things to show that they have a different range of things they can do. They actually do have a couple of horror elements in it as well, as you get into different levels of the game. So they try a lot of different interesting things, but, it, for me, honestly, a lot of the stuff is not really quite as polished as it needs to be. Uh, the story is is pretty okay. I mean, it's it jumps around in different spaces. But to me, they I, I feel as though they wanted this game to just basically be a showcase title to show where we can do a lot of these different things. And we're hoping that we can do a lot more titles in the future. Uh, as of right now. Um, I'm currently on the last stage of the game, so I will definitely have a review this week. The embargo doesn't lift until, I believe, uh, February 22nd, so I'll still have a couple more days. But what I can say right now is um, it's an interesting type of game with a lot of interesting ideas. I think the audience may be a little thrown off because of all the stuff that they're trying to do in this particular game. But from what I have played so far, I mean, it's still a decent game. I mean, I wouldn't say that this is a Max Payne type of game. I know that a lot of people will look at how you play the game and they'll say, well, this reminds me of Max Payne, but this is not that type of game because certain aspects of the gameplay is not as polished as it needs to be. Like I've had a lot of instances where I would go to shoot a guy and even if it would be a direct headshot, it's like it still wouldn't hit the actual guy. Like you shoot him, you think it's a direct headshot and it's it doesn't even work that way. So some of the game could use a little bit more refining, but on the surface, I mean, it's, I mean, like I said, if you're looking for something different and interesting, it's still something worth checking out. I just would say that, you know, go into it knowing that there's a lot of things this game is trying to do. Some of it's okay. Some of it's what, you know, executed pretty good. And then some of it, you know, it feel like they could have pushed it a little bit further, but again, I'll have my final review and impressions later this week, you know, once I've completed it, because it may get better. Who knows? That final uh, last stage may, may be significantly better than anything else I've seen in the game. But I will say though, for what I have played so far, it is a pretty decent game. It's only $30. So, you know, if you are interested in it, definitely check it out. But just know that it's not really quite a perfect game. And, and honestly, in this world, there's no such thing as a perfect game. It does have its its, its flaws. But, you know, if you need something to play and you want something different. It definitely is not a bad way to go. But um, as I said, I'll have more to, t- to say about this game. So stay tuned for my review later this week. Um, that, uh, yeah, as I said, that pretty much concludes all I have been playing for this week. I didn't get a chance to play too many games. So uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the main topics. Wait, wait, Gary, are you about to say something?
1: Oh, no, no, no. Okay.
0: All right. Cool. Um, okay. So we're going to jump into the first topic for today. Um, this is something that I'm going to actually have you speak on, Gary, because I didn't really know too much about this. I literally just looked at this story right now. So basically uh, it has to do with the fact that you can now have a party chat on Xbox Live using your cell phone. So tell us a little bit more information about this, Gary.
1: Yeah, so basically um, Microsoft has ex- expanded uh, the devices that you can, you know, use for, to participate in their party chats, you know, you could already do it on windows. So like I could, you know, join a party chat with somebody um, who's playing on their actual Xbox, but now they've made that available to, you know, uh, phones and I think tablets as well. Um, and the reason they're doing this is because they kind of want to disrupt the other uh, popular chat, you know, apps out there like Discord and TeamSpeak that people seem to default to when they want to, you know, cross chat between platforms and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, basically, I guess they want to disrupt that market. But it's also interesting because this is something Nintendo actually wants to do as well. I believe this is going to be one of the features of their um, online service when they launch that because I don't think you can currently do that yet on the switch. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I know this was one of the things that they were trying to do. So I found it interesting that uh, Microsoft actually chose to go that route as well. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to hear more thoughts on that and whether you think it's a good idea and is it practical? Is it something you would use
0: Well, basically, based on what I heard, uh, essentially, they want it to be so that you can have a conversation. You won't necessarily always need to be on your Xbox. You can also do this on the go. So I think for those that are really they really care about Xbox um, and they like to have party chats. Well, this is great for them because then they don't necessarily need to be at home when they have these conversations. Um, So I think it's a good idea for Microsoft. As for whether or not Nintendo will, you know, is going to start to do this stuff, you know, I haven't really uh, messed around with the Switch uh, as of late. I know their online service is coming later this year, so I'm curious to see how they do it. I know a lot of people have the perception that they're going to do a horrible job with the online. I mean, I don't know yet. You know, I have to see how it goes after the first couple of weeks, because I think the first week is going to be kind of rough. As they, they you know, basically have people using the service, a lot of people using it at the same time. I'm I'm assuming there will be some issues with that in the very beginning. But after that, um, you know, we'll have to see how they handle that moving forward. But overall, I, I mean, I think that the. Um, the party chat feature is, is good for those that, like I said, if you want to hold the conversation, you know, normally when I have a conversation on party chat, I have to turn off the console at some point and then the conversation has to end. So if it's a way for me to continue the conversation on my mobile phone, I I would do so. But um, I mean, I guess it it just all depends on who actually uses the party chat in that capacity. But I think it's a good idea. Um, I know I'll be very curious to see if, if this does catch on and whether or not Sony would consider doing this. I know I just have regular chats with people right now on the PlayStation app on my phone, but a party chat is not something that I've, I've seen you able to do on your phone either. So I'm curious to see if it does become popular. And if Sony decides we want to definitely do this with PlayStation, then that'd be pretty interesting. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with that. This particular use. I think Microsoft right now, they're trying to do as much as possible to make themselves accessible to everybody, whether it's somebody who, wants to have a party chat whether they want to play an xbox game or a pc i think they're just trying to do everything now to cater to as much people as possible um so i have to commend them on that once again even though this is something with just the party chat I, I still commend them as a whole for what they've been doing so far this generation trying to get back in the good graces of everybody and just doing as much as they can for the consumers so they definitely deserve some some props for for, for, for that but um How about about your thoughts on on anything I said, Gary? What what do you think?
1: Yeah, I I could definitely uh, understand that. And, you know, having having the convenience of continuing your party chat away from the console is a good thing. Um, If they are actually doing this to try and disrupt stuff like Discord and TeamSpeak, uh, I don't think that should be, like, their main intention or objective here. Um, I think it should just be looked at as a means to expand the actual um platform itself but also like the thing is like they have skype they own skype and um I, I feel like skype is falling by the wayside uh like it's just ever since they've bought skype it's just kind of gone worse and worse and worse like there was a lot of spam on there Uh, And I just found like the quality of the calls and everything wasn't that great. And the mobile app wasn't that great either, but I I don't understand why they just didn't put more money into Skype and redevelop it and make it a better platform with no ads and stuff. Cause they put a lot of ads and stuff in there as well, which is really annoying. Um, But if they worked on Skype, cause Skype already had like millions of users. Like it was the go-to communications app, you know, a while ago, like years ago or whatever. So if they would have just worked on expanding that, they could have, you know, cross-integrated that somehow with the Xbox brand. And you probably would have like you imagine like you can um talk to like your mom or your gran or something from your Xbox because they they're using Skype already. Like that would have been like great if like it if you had I mean obviously some people don't want all that, but they just want like gamers and stuff but like i don't know like it just it it makes more sense to me to somehow use that user base you already have on Skype than to you know just now try to expand Xbox um but yeah i don't know like i don't know what microsoft is doing with Skype anymore like it just seems to be getting worse and worse and it seems like if they were trying to disrupt the Discord and TeamSpeak crowd Skype would be the best way to go about that because, like, we used to use Skype. Like, you know, we used to run the coalition on Skype, basically, and now we've switched over to Discord, you know? So, like, a lot of people were on Skype already. Like, they could have... If they want to disrupt the cross-platform communication space, they really should have utilized Skype more, I think, but they've kind of let that slip by the wayside. So, yeah, I mean... It depends how you look at it. If you're just looking at it as they want to expand Xbox only, this is a good move. But if you're looking at it as they want to disrupt these other chat communications apps, then I don't think it's going to be that. Like, I don't think it's going to do that at all. That's
0: a very good point. Um, I Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, we, 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 we did used to use Skype. With the coalition, you know, as far as keeping in contact with everybody, but then we eventually moved over to Discord, and and I don't really understand what Microsoft's use is for Skype because they also had it at you know you're able to use it on Xbox One as well, so I don't really know what they're doing with that. Maybe they just wanted to buy that out and just say that they own it, but it's a good it's a good question of whether or not that would you know this whole Xbox Live thing is meant to disrupt the others. I mean, I, I I only think it's it's only meant to to really help Xbox out a little bit further. You know, I just think if people want to have a party chat and then continue that conversation elsewhere, whether it's on a uh tablet. I mean, I don't know if it's if this also supports tablets. I'm going to assume it does. Uh tablets as well as the mobile phones. It's it's just a, a ways to keep the conversation going. But um honestly, I would say at this point in time, it's a great feature to have. Um, I would say. However, uh, they do still need more titles that actually will make someone want to have a party chat. You know, I know Sea of Thieves. That's a game that, by all accounts, is going to be a very big deal for both Rare and Microsoft. So perhaps, I mean, that's a game that is heavily reliant on conversation and working with the right people. So I think that that can definitely be of use for that. Uh, outside of that, you know, I know State of Decay. That's another game supposed to be coming out later this year, so people can look forward to that. Um, And then, of course, Crackdown 3. So I think that the games, once they start releasing these games, maybe these features will be used a lot more heavily. But as of right now, I mean, I think it's a good feature, but I still think you need a reason to use it unless you want to just play any type of game, whether it's an old game or anything of their nature and have a party chat. You can do that also. But I think that the actual games that they're releasing, if they are heavily dependent on having conversations with people, then that will be how this could be utilized even better um but we have to see how that goes because um i don't really know what the full full focus is of doing this particular approach but i I really i don't have anything negative to say about it i'm just curious to see what what the plan is next beyond this
1: yeah you make a good point though like they definitely need more games because like you don't want people hopping on the party chat to tell their friends to hop on PS4 and play last of us two instead. Because there's,
2: there's
1: no games, nothing. So yeah, they, they definitely need to uh, just focus on that for now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. No, you don't want that. That wouldn't be good. But uh, luckily, you know, we don't have to think about that because last of us two S, a long ways. It, it definitely are coming out this year. i would be surprised if Sony announced that the game is coming out this year, but there's, that's, there's no way they have too many other games. They got to release the Spider-Man, uh Days Gone. I mean, both of those games I know for sure are coming out this year. But uh Last of Us, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> but that's a good one. We'll we'll see. So uh any other thoughts on this particular topic before we move on to the uh next topic?
1: No, that's pretty much it.
0: Okay, cool. So next up, I'm gonna say talk a little bit about Bayonetta. Uh there was some news this week that Bayonetta Bayonetta creator Hideki Kamiya, you know, he explained why Bayonetta remains an exclusive to Nintendo uh, after fans kept asking him all over Twitter. Now, I'm not going to read the whole Twitter statement because it's a pretty lengthy statement. But all he basically said was that, you know, Nintendo had helped them fund uh, the first Bayonetta. And a lot of fans are showing support for the franchise more so on Nintendo than other consoles. And plus, they signed a contract. So this is why they initially decided Bayonetta 3 will be exclusive to to, to the the, the Nintendo Switch. Um, So uh, my thing with this is, I'm just going to say something real briefly about this, is that, you know, I think the Nintendo Switch, when it came out last year, of course, we got great titles with Super Mario Odyssey and then The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, both great titles. But the thing about it is that, you know, we know that Nintendo, they want to continue to have other games come out, whether it's the first party or these third party deals, so on and so forth. So when they announced that Bayonetta 3 was coming out exclusive to Nintendo Switch, I thought that's, well, that's an excellent idea because they just had Bayonetta 1 and 2 come out for Switch this past Friday. So I think it's an excellent deal for Nintendo. I mean, they got to have some titles. They're not going to always have the big, huge titles like Red Dead Redemption. Or GTA, you know, they had the rule about GTA 5 coming to Switch. We still haven't seen that materialize. Some of those third party titles will just never come to the Switch. So, in this case, knowing that they do have a game like Bayonetta coming, I think that's excellent for Nintendo and their fans because they deserve to have some experiences exclusive to their console. So, I don't have a problem with this at all. Um, People that were mad that Bayonetta 3 is not coming to Xbox or PlayStation, I mean, obviously. For the moment, it's exclusive to Nintendo Switch. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's impossible to think that it can't come to those consoles later. It all depends. But for right now, I think it's great that it's exclusive to Switch because it gives people a reason to keep the Switch. You know, because so far this year, there hasn't really been too many other games to play for Switch, at least not yet. Now, as I mentioned, Bayonetta 1 and 2 is out. You know, for those that didn't get a chance to play that before, they have a chance to do so now on the latest Nintendo console, which is great. But outside of that, there haven't really been any other major titles to come out on Switch so far this year. You know, we know of stuff that is going to get, get announced later this year. But outside of that, there's not really any other reason to get excited to play the Switch as of right now. If you've already played Bayonetta, you don't want to play it again. I can't think of any other game that you should be playing on Switch right now, especially if you play that as well as Mario and Zelda. So, I don't see anything wrong with this deal, but that's just uh, my opinion. Uh, Gary, uh, what do you think about uh, Bayonetta 3 being exclusive on the uh, Switch?
1: Yeah, like, uh, I don't think anyone should be complaining about it. Like, you know, it's just business at the end of the day. And I I know that the first one was multi-platform, and there was a lot of people who enjoyed that game. But I think, um, I'm not sure how well it actually sold, though, like if, if it's sold, uh, you know, like millions or anything like that. I know uh, there were people who did like it and enjoy it, but I'm not sure if it was considered a, a hugely successful game uh, when it came out. So, if Nintendo is willing to actually fund the game's development, you know, the sequel and everything, then yeah, they deserve to have it exclusive because they're the ones who believed in the project and want to fund it. So, of course, it's going to be exclusive to them because, you know, they're the one that's putting money into it so that you can actually enjoy the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that's just business, you know? Like, if you really want to play it that badly, then get a Switch at the end of the day. Um, and it's just with any other exclusive. Um, I know it sucks because, obviously, the first one was, you know, multi-platform. So, you know, people were pr- there's probably people who played the first one who... Really want to play the second, third one, but they might not actually want to get Switch because they don't, you know, they don't. Maybe they don't want like all the other Switch games and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I can understand the frustration there, but it's business, you know, it's it's gonna happen. Um, and if Nintendo want to put money into it, then that's just the way it's gonna be because they they're they're the one that they're the ones that have faith in the series enough to keep it going. So it's just the way it's got to be, unfortunately. Um, so I don't think people should be harassing this guy on Twitter or anything, you know, just because they can't play the game. I mean, it's the Switch isn't that much, like when you compare it to other, you know, consoles and stuff out there. So, you know, if you really want to play it that bad, pick up a Switch And, you know, play it and maybe give some other games a shot, too, while you're at it so that you don't, you know, waste that investment. Um, But, yeah, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. Um, I mean, even I would like to play the Bayonetta games, but, you know, I'm just not ready to get a Switch just yet. So I'm going to wait out for that. But, yeah, um, it's just business at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely. Uh, One other thing I will say very quickly, and then we will... Pass it over to Dana if she is able to join us um yeah uh one thing I would just add is that uh you know they did he did mention that Sega and Nintendo have the rights to the i p um so you know he didn't mention that there was a port that was made for the p s three for the other Bayonetta game that was why people saw that on another console so i mean at the end of the day uh though yeah, I agree that this is all about business. Uh, people shouldn't be offended by it. They shouldn't be mad about it. They got to understand, but, but, you know, I also think that we live in a time where a lot of gamers feel entitled. They feel like they deserve every, every, every single game under the sun to come out on their platform, even if it isn't coming out on the platform. So I think people really need to understand and learn the concept of how this business works. Like we can look at a game such as uh, a game that you liked very much last year, uh, Gary, um, What's that uh, Cliffy B shooter? Lawbreakers? I think he yeah, was asking. Lawmakers. Yeah, yeah, when there were people mad because it wasn't coming to Xbox One, and Cliffy B just said, listen, you know, we have to worry about our team. And, you know, it's about making sure they get paid. They spent all this time working on this game, a lot of sacrifices made, so they have to make sure they make their money. This is why they announced it's coming to PlayStation 4 and PC. Now, unfortunately, that story did not end well because that game. There's hardly anybody playing it now. I'll be surprised if there's at least four people playing it at this current moment in time. But um, at the end of the day, we know that Nintendo fans supported Bayonetta. This is the whole reason why we got a Bayonetta three. So I don't have anything wrong with the deal. I think it's business as usual. And again, if people really, really want to play it, they just need to go pick up a switch and play it. It's just, there's no other, there's no other uh, alternative to that. But again, just my opinion, you know, so Dana, are you able to tell us, you, what do you think about this whole Bayonetta being exclusive to, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch? Sorry, so hopefully
2: you guys can hear me. I completely apologize. I've been like, currently in recording hell, but um, uh, I think that it's great that they're coming to a Switch. The problem that we've always been saying was that it wasn't enough exclusives, remember? now that we have exclusives, people are complaining because they don't have a Nintendo Switch. I'm confused about how they think the world works. If they don't like it, i'm going to buy a switch if you're not going to buy a switch then you literally have nothing to play about. that's for you that's something that you can do to change your anger and you refuse to do it's not being changed buy a switch there's a holiday coming up May i doubt it will ever be on sales business and nobody sale. but save it up and be an adult and buy something and be happy um also really quickly what you guys were previously saying about the um the xbox live chat I think that is something that's too, too late. It should have been a while ago. I don't know why we're waiting for it now, especially when there's so many different apps and ways that we can all have a Xbox Live, you know, chat. So I don't know what they're waiting for. It's, it's just, it's suck Too little, too late, but good for them if they can capitalize on
0: it, then Oh, someone getting cussed out. Uh-oh. <laughs> very, very good very, you know well those those are those are some very good points on both you know xbox uh, for those who didn't hear she said they should have been did this xbox live thing i mean i i agree with that yeah i have no complaints um and and yeah and once again she she pretty much said the same thing we said about uh bayonetta 3 which is that you know it's it definitely if people want to yeah. play it
2: Oh, there You're you go compl- about something that you have the option to change to fix you complain that there's no exclusives you get exclusives and you're complaining what exactly do you want people to do do you want nintendo to hand you a switch or do you want to be an adult and get something that you've complained about
1: <laughs> yeah that, that's 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 the yeah. day that i like to hear right the like, uh, oh and raw
2: I don't understand what people are complaining about that's like me saying oh I wish I was rich then I get a whole bunch of money and be like oh my god I wish I was poor again just buy it
0: I agree. You, I agree
2: I don't understand are you mad at the fact that you can't afford it save borrow a friend you know find a way you can struggle about not having enough games and you can struggle to get the game
0: yeah that's true I agree Although, although I, I do have to disagree with one thing you said—the people who who wish that they were rich—that's impossible because I'm already rich. You see, so that's uh, that's all I have to say oh, about that. That was a good
1: one. Uh, that was. A good
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. So
1: props for that. I,
0: I yeah, I, I, you know, I, I definitely agree with everything you 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 had to say about that. Uh, yeah, people just find th- reasons to complain about all types of stuff. So
2: voices to be heard, and nobody needs to hear you speak. That's all.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, Gary, you have anything else to say on this before we move on to uh, the next topic?
1: No, I pretty much agree. You know, um, it's it's capitalism at the end of the day. You know, that's what it's all about. So, <laughs> y- you want to play the game, you got to buy a switch.
0: That's right. Like like like, like Triple A says, it's all about the game and how you play it. So, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's all
2: about control and how you take it. You got to take control. Like you take control of that switch.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So uh we're going to move on now to the next topic. And this is a topic that I know I I'm, I know you y'all, y'all both will have a lot to say about this. This is a great great topic. Uh CD Project Red, they recently made a statement and they said that they really dislike loot boxes. And they think that all of the backlash that people that it has been getting so far in the industry is great. So uh, just for those, for whoever, for whatever reason, don't know who CG, CD Project Red is, this is a studio that made The Witcher, Witcher games. They're currently working on Cyberpunk 2077. Um, so um, what? OK, Gary, you start us off and let us know. What are your thoughts on this? I know you have told me before you love loot boxes and you know the way that overwatch uses them you you love that as well so what do you think about them making this statement to say that they dislike loot boxes and they're glad that it's getting a bad rap in the industry
1: oh that that's hilarious um (laughs) i I, I never said i like loot boxes but i do like the way overwatch does it that's the way i kind of approve of because you know it's it's related to cosmetics only and it doesn't force you to get it like it doesn't affect gameplay player in, in any way. So that's where I can, you know, accept it and tolerate it because at that point it's a choice, you know, and, and if you want to support the developer by buying a loot box, then you can do that. Um, but yeah, some of these other games like star Wars and and everything else that came out, um, you know, they're kind of forcing you down that road to buying the loot boxes and it's like pay to play. So CD Projekt, um, we've said again and again over the years, me and Rich, you know, they, they're they like one of the best gaming companies out there right now. Um, you know, that we've met them in person numerous times and they treat us really well. Like they, they always put a lot of effort into their presentations and everything. Um, and they create some of the best games. Like the Witcher 3 had too much content for me. Like, I never thought there would be a game that has too much content but that's that's a good thing because I got my money's worth well I mean I didn't even buy the game first of all because they they actually gave it to us like for free um a year before it came out by the way cuz they're that cool um but yeah um I like I like if there's some DLC or something like I actually want to buy it just because I feel like they deserve it, you know, like they give you, they they go out of their way to give you um, enough content to where you can feel validated in your purchase. Like you're, you'll go away from their games feeling like a, a satisfied customer for sure, because even if you don't manage to complete the game, you'll be happy in knowing that there was so much for you to do in the game. You had so much fun with the game and you enjoyed your time with the game and you know you're you're just completely satisfied, even if you if if you never complete it because for me there there was so much content, I just couldn't complete it because you know I still want to go back to it one day, but yeah, like I played it for like almost a hundred hours, and you know I got like halfway through the story or something but but there was just so much content in there, and I feel satisfied, you know, like I feel happy like I feel fulfilled after playing that like you know it's an amazing game, and um. For that I will support any game that they have, you know, any game they put out, I'm gonna be there to support it. Even Gwen is amazing, you know, like even their side uh games or whatever, like they're amazing too. And you know, like I completely agree with what they're saying here. Um they're basically saying that, you know, gamers have the right to call out these companies for, you know, forcing you down the road road of um buying loot boxes because they feel that a, a studio, a developer, should ensure that you know they're putting um, the value of the game and the content first before anything, before monetary purposes. They should, like all publishers and studios, should be focusing on making a complete product for the consumer. And you know, so they they like the way they feel about it is that consumers have every right to call out these these other publishers and developers for building their game around loot boxes, because that's not creating a complete product. That's actually crippling the game in hopes that people are going to, you know, pay extra for added content or, you know, to get um, extra bragging rights or to, to, you know, earn some item that's going to help them win more, you know, basically like, and that's not a model that should be promoted within the video game industry. And I'm sure we all completely agree with that, you know, and I appreciate them for being bold enough to actually say this as well, because I'm sure there's a lot of other publishers looking at them like, why the hell are these guys talking like that? Like, you know, like talking greasy about us. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of other publishers that kind of resent them making those kind of statements. But that's what I really respect about CD Projekt. Like, they do their own thing. They focus on their own games and they really excel at it. And, you know, they put the consumer first. They put the gamers first, you know, in everything they do. Um, Even, like, with The Witcher 3, I believe, like, the first few DLCs were completely free as well. Like, there was free DLC on top of all the content they already gave you in the game. Like, so, yeah, CD projects are, are the best developers out right now.
0: I I I I would say that they're definitely in the top three. I have to put Rockstar up there also, but uh, they definitely on that list at the very top. Um, The reason, uh, one thing I want to say real quick, and then I'm gonna uh, pass the mic over to Dana. The reason why uh, they wanted to speak out about this is because last year, when Star Wars Battlefront Two came out, and they had all the controversies surrounding loot boxes they had announced that they that Cyberpunk 2077 is also going to have multiplayer. And that prompted fans to already say, oh, so is this going to have loot boxes? And they were very clear and adamant and said, no, it's not. So, you know, I think it's a little ridiculous that people even started to question them and ask them about that, you know. But honestly, I'm glad they clarified that. I'm glad they have made the statement so that people know exactly where they stand on the whole controversy with loot boxes. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to their next game whenever it comes out. I mean, I doubt it's gonna come out this year. Maybe we'll get a trailer or something this year at E3, but uh, whenever it does come out, they definitely have my full support and I will be checking it out. So um, Dana, what are your thoughts on uh, CD Projekt Red taking a stance against loot boxes?
2: Sorry, I was on mute. Huh? Um, I guess I'm going to have to be the one who's the cynic here and think that they're just trying to jump on the bandwagon and being all positive. Um, I don't think they really care either way, because again, it's all about money. But if they go about playing the good guys, then that translates to, hey, we can sell more games because everybody's mad at, say, Battlefront 2 and EA and every other company that's doing loot boxes. I don't really think they care. Um, but for the consumer, point of view they make good games so it's a win for us either way but i again i don't think they care like if for example if um battlefront 2 with the whole loot box situation if that didn't make much controversy if that never came on you know um we have like the um stock market shows over here like NBC and msnbc and all those special shows if it really never made the news then i think this company as well would have probably had loot boxes as just as much as any other company, so I just think that they're just trying to play the good guys. But it's all about money in the end, and they don't want to lose money, so they're going to make that statement saying that they really care about the customer.
0: Yeah, I I just want to say that 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 is a very honest and real uh response to that question. uh We, we yeah, and and you are one hundred percent correct. You know, we have to acknowledge that this is always a business. It's always about making money, so, you know, yeah, you'll definitely say some stuff to win over some consumers. That is a fair point to say.
2: Um, say anything, just as, as long as it's a trend, and, you know, that's all that matters to them. It's just money. So stop thinking that people in these companies care about you and they care about their consumers. They don't, because if you wasn't a part of that group complaining, then I'm pretty sure they would have some type of loot box where they would take all your money, too.
0: Well, uh, G- Gary, uh, w- what do you think about that? Because the, the thing is this: I I agree with uh, what what Dana is saying, um, and I think that a lot of, some of the people that are in that company, even the higher ups, obviously they would use this as a strategy to talk about certain aspects of you know to make it look like no, we we don't support this, so therefore we're doing what's right and we're we're behind you a hundred percent. But I also have a mindset because of the fact that when we did see them at E3 that one time when we saw The gameplay of Witcher Three that they showed us, and the fact that they made sure everybody who went to these, who had an appointment with them, got that bag, and the bag that had a code for the game a year before the game even came out that you could redeem on there, that that told me that well they want people to experience the game. So I mean I don't necessarily think everyone at CD Projekt has that negative intention. I do think there are some good people there, but Gary, I want to get your opinion on this because uh, I'm just curious to see what what you, what you, what your response is.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I see what uh, you guys are saying, and that does happen. Like there are uh, companies out there who kind of uh, piggyback off off of what has has happened, like anything negative that happens, and they try and distance themselves from it publicly, um, saying, "Yeah, we we're, we're not about that. We don't do that, or whatever." But with CD Projekt in particular, they have a proven track record of, you know, always putting the consumer first. Like, it's, you know, even before, like, uh, DLC was a big thing, you know, in their early games, like Witcher 1 and 2, they were always, you know, um, very pro-consumer back then. Um, And they've always had, like, a huge following because of it. Like, if you remember um, when The Witcher 2 came out, Uh, It was heavily pirated like um, when it first came out on PC and stuff but people were so impressed with the game and so in love with the content and everything else behind it, like the development and everything and uh, the CD Project support for the game that they actually went and bought it. So people who pirated the game, they all actually campaigned to buy the game as well, you know, just because they wanted to support them that much because they respected what, what CD project did for their fans. Like, you know, so they've had, they have a proven track record for me personally um, and meeting them in person as well. And everything that we talked about, you know, they, they have that track record of always putting the consumer first already. So I don't think it's that much of a marketing thing for them. It's just their company ethos altogether. Um, obviously statements like this are put out into the media and, it gives them good PR. So, you know, obviously it's doing good for them to kind of, uh, bash or knock what other companies have been doing, but it does fit what their company is actually about as well. And what they have been about in the past. So, uh, that's my thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, it could be interpreted many different ways. um, But honestly, I mean, I'm glad to hear that they don't support the loot boxes. Now, I just want to hear more about uh, Cyberpunk 2077. So hopefully we'll get more news about that soon. Um, Get a better idea as to what this game is about, because we literally literally know no information about it whatsoever. Uh, So we'll see how that turns out. But um, any final thoughts on this topic, topic, topic before we move on to the next topic? No, not from me, okay, so I want to throw this in there, uh, and I don't really know if this is a discussion that uh oh well, Dana dropped out. Well, maybe we'll save it then and wait for her to return. okay, yeah, we'll save that so um, let's talk about this news regarding t h q Nordic, you know, uh, I believe it was a couple of days ago they actually uh acquired the rights to Saints Row, Dead Island, uh, and there's a couple other games they acquired, including uh, Metro. Now, for those who don't know, and we know about this because we, we had spoke about this story in the past where the original THQ went under uh, because of a lot of things. There was a lot of titles they released. They weren't making the money that they needed to make. A lot, of, a lot of budgets lost, so on and so forth. So as a result of that, a lot of their IPs ended up going over to Deep Silver, and they lost some of that stuff. So initially, what happened is Nordic came out of nowhere and decided to buy up a lot of the rights to a lot of these older titles. You know, you have Darksiders, and then we got the announcement that Darksiders 3 is going to be coming out, I guess, sometime later this year, if not next year. Um, But this news in regards to the Saints Row franchise, uh, Dead Island, and Homefront, and all these other IPs that they have now purchased back with THQ Nordic, Uh, I personally think that this is excellent news. Um, One thing I will say is that when I went to PAX West this past year in Seattle, I did have an appointment to see a couple of games. I did see Biomutant. That game looked fantastic. But initially, every game that I saw that they had at that appointment that THQ Nordic is putting out, all of these games look uh, high quality. Now, some of them may not have been all major hits. Like they had this game called Elex, which is like a sci-fi shooter type of game. That game just okay, not really all that great, but they had such a strong body of work of all the titles that they were releasing. I was like, you know, this company, they definitely, a lot of titles I was interested in, of course, Battle Chasers, another game that I had pl- played in review on the website, which is fantastic. But a lot of the games that they had at that PAX West appointment, that told me that, okay, you know, they have a strong lineup of games. So I'm curious to see what it's going to look like in the future when they start releasing these titles and other titles. And now knowing that they have acquired the rights back to all these other games, it makes me, you know, feel very good about the future of these franchises. Now, I know with Saints Row, um, we obviously got Aegis of mayhem last year, that game, not really a too good of a game. Uh, and a lot of people complained about it. Um, but Saints Row is a, a franchise. A lot of people love and respect. They want to see it you know, somehow get rebooted and changed up. So maybe now we'll get that. Uh Dead Island, uh, another franchise that, in my opinion, we saw that trailer for Dead Island 2 a long time ago and never heard nothing else about the game. So I'm curious to know what's going on with that, whether or not we're still going to get that or a, another game, you know. And then, of course, Homefront, another game that... I guess the first game was received okay. The second game was universally uh, panned by critics everywhere. So, I mean, all of this is good for these IPs. I'm very curious to see what THQ Nordic does. So just to know that they have now acquired the rights back to all of those, I think it's great for them moving forward. So, yeah, I have to say I'm very curious to see what's going to happen now as a result of this move, and I congratulate them for making that purchase. But uh Gary, what do you think about uh THQ Nordic acquiring the rights to all these franchises once again?
1: Yeah, so uh before I give my thoughts, I just wanna give uh you know the listeners a bit of background on uh THQ Nordic, you know, just in case uh, it's not widely known how this happened. But basically, like uh they used to be called Nordic, just Nordic games, you know, and obviously we know what happened with THQ, you know, they went um went bust and they had to sell off a lot of their ips and they sold off their ips to you know other publishers and stuff but then uh, nordic games actually acquired the rest of thq you know the actual brand thq they acquired that you know and uh, in 2016 is when they actually changed their name to thq nordic and started going by that name because you know, obviously, THQ is a is a name that's well known in the gaming industry. So, by fusing that into their name, they would have more recognition instantly. Um. So yeah. Um. Now, fast forward to now. You know, obviously, Deep Silver has been doing their thing. You know, they've tried to remain relevant with you know making uh you know Saints Row and uh, Agents of Mayhem and uh, Dead Island and things of that nature. Um, And they've done a pretty good job of, you know, staying relevant and stuff. And now that THQ Nordic, you know, the remains of THQ has brought that company back. I think that's pretty amazing, to be honest with you, because it's like they've now come full circle again. And um, that's going to uh, strengthen the brand significantly once again. And, you know, in the future, who knows, they might actually be back where they were before. And they may even excel further than they further than what they were before um if they continue to buy uh you know i p s and stuff and just to let everyone know as well um Deep Silver is actually a publishing partner of Shenmu Three so you know they they've got some pretty big names attached to to that brand now, and I think that's a good thing for the future for them. I think they've got a promising future. And um, it's just like it's a really happy kind of story in the industry, just to see THQ coming, making a comeback, sort of. And you know, now they have the potential to be back where they were before, because there was a time where THQ had some of the, you know, most. Um, I mean, you know, they wasn't always they wasn't seen as like a top tier publisher, like you know, Rockstar or ea or anything like that or activision but they were kind of like a step below but they had major ips that people loved still you know they've had a few flops in the past of course you know we're not gonna I'm not gonna excuse that like they've had some flops but they did have a lot of great ips and games that people did love so i do want to see them win i, I do want to see them make a, a comeback and uh hopefully they'll you know even buy some of the other ips that they had as well maybe they'll get a chance to do that either that or they can just they've got enough power now where they can just start new ips even and have them be successful so um i think this is a great story uh that you know a lot of gamers should be celebrating right now because um it was you know a sad story when thq kind of went bust and everything and a lot of people lost their jobs and they had to sell off IPs and everything. So I think it's great that, you know, the remains of THQ are coming back and they're buying back some of their IPs and stuff. I
0: think that's great to see. I agree 100%. Okay, Dana, you have any thoughts on uh, THQ Nordic?
2: Um, Gary was 100% shady <laughs> in his whole thing. He was like, well, they tried, but they failed. Um, Basically, uh, uh, good for them if they want to come back. I hope they make decent games this time. Um, Sorry, but Dead Island, the only thing that was good about it was the trailer. And that was just them playing a regular trailer backwards. So uh, that's not saying much. But if you can make games that are actually playable and good, then good for you. I don't want to see any, you know, of the old stuff. I want to see something brand new. Be creative. Be different, and tell us that you you're better than Dead Island and a backwards trailer.
0: I agree. I agree. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 Dead Island too. I mean, I, I I remember seeing that trailer. That had to be almost three years ago, and then like wonder where the hell is the sequel at. So I don't know what's going on with that, but I guess uh, we'll get an answer at some point. Um, but yeah. Looking forward to seeing what they do next.
2: No, I don't want them to have an update. I'm sorry. Your, your dream <laughs> sequel will not be coming true. We don't need that game. That game did nothing for us. When they did have it, it did nothing. I don't need a sequel. I don't need another one. I'm good. We have enough zombie games as it is. Be imaginative. I don't know. Give me something with robots or something. You know, Just don't bring back your old stuff. Did they used to do um, WWE games?
0: Yeah, they did actually. Yeah. Yeah, Here you did.
2: go. If you want to prove to me you're worth a second coming, do a decent uh wrestling game. Because what's going on right now with that whole what was it, 2K, 18, 19, 20, or whatever one that we're on now is not good. So do a decent wrestling game and there you right there you you stay. I like you. You're worth your second comeback. I'm with you. So do that. If you want to do one of your old stuff, do a game. Did they do No Mercy? Who did No Mercy?
0: Uh, I don't really know. Well, no Mercy. WWE No Mercy? Isn't that uh a...
1: Wasn't that a claim or something?
0: Uh, well, I have that... to look it up.
2: Well, then they should work with No Mercy and give me a remastered version of No Mercy. Uh, well, then I'll...
0: Well, well, first they will need to buy back their license from 2K and say, hey, listen, you know, we need to take over this WWE franchise That's- again.
2: I'll set up a GoFundMe page. There's a lot of people willing to contribute.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did do. They did do uh, no mercy. I look at it, I'm looking at it now. Um, Thank yeah, so.
2: remaster. I want remaster. So this, <laughs> I'm extremely happy they came back. I get my remastered. Everyone's happy. Yay!
0: Just keep in mind they they, they work with uh, a, the AKI Corporation. So I don't even know if those guys are making games anymore. Um. Probably.
2: You don't need other people to make a game. You just make the game. I want a No Mercy reboot. I want some remastered. I want something.
0: Uh, well, hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. What are you gonna say, Gary? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I, I think she, she makes a great point because they did make some of the best wrestling games that we've ever seen. The only yeah, problem is
2: have anymore no more wrestling games we don't have a decent wrestling game not even new japan isn't doing anything <laughs> TNA was doing something but my god that was disrespectful what do we have fire pro you think i want to walk these streets saying yay i'm playing fire pro no yeah, Get- yeah, yeah. that's that's perfect yeah yeah like
1: the the problem is that you know now um now 2K has the rights to WWE, so they can't just bring back the WWE oh, there's, games.
2: So. There's no problems. There's no problems. It's just alternative ways of getting around situations. Just, that's not a problem. <laughs> that's just yeah,
1: life. Like, uh, I was going to say I think they should just come up with a generic wrestling game like and you know do it better than 2K. Like If they come out with a wrestling—they could even partner with New Japan if they wanted to. But if they come out with a wrestling game that's way better than 2K— the spotlight is going to be on them again and well, wwe might even come knocking like whenever their deal is expired with 2k or whatever they might come knocking at their door again
0: well you know what what, what might happen if they, in that case you know 2k could always pull an ea and say oh wait a second they, they they trying to uh take the uh you know trying to they'll try to find some type of loophole to get around that in Make sure that that game doesn't continue to sell. Maybe they'll lower the price of WWE 2K19 or 20 or whenever they decide to release that game.
2: Except uh, for old grandmas for their children or their grandchildren. Nobody is buying it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't <laughs> what says about that MPD or whatever it's called rankings that come in every month. Those are fake.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, hey, when hey, we'll
2: see. Buys a certain amount of games so that they can make the list. There's no way in the world that all those people bought. 2K18, and if you go online to Xbox or PS4 and you look up your little friends, and guess what they're playing? It ain't no 2K18. They're so playing, who's Monster, playing? Hunter,
0: Monster Hunter World and, and uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And this <laughs> is
2: even when, when the game came out. Not a single one of my friends was like, oh my god, I'm playing 2K18. Yay. No.
0: Well, 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 well there is one person we know that's still playing it, and that's uh, Adam Vale WrestleCast.
2: Bless yeah, his heart me better he's stuck in Iowa <laughs> 2k 18 but no so you I, know what and you off of what Gary said create a wrestler game boom there you have it
0: yeah yeah that that, 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 that could that could that could be quite successful um we'll see what happens But uh THQ Nordic I look forward to seeing whatever they release next. I know they got Darksiders three. That is going to be coming out. I just don't know when it's coming out because they didn't I thought they said twenty eighteen, but I there wasn't a firm.
2: there's, there's uh, no games. Coming out. No, there's no games. That's there's no games coming out in twenty eighteen. That's a lie. No, no, no. <laughs> oh yeah, no, oh, no. no. They, they
0: got they got they got game, They got uh they got uh Bio Mutant, that's confirmed. So,
2: okay, yeah. same amount of people who's playing two K eighteen is playing bio, whatever.
0: <laughs>
2: no. Oh, and also, maybe it's just me, but I never like their name Nordic. It just sounds like a jacket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, but, but a jacket, meant for the winter. That's but it's good though. It's well made. You're not gonna freeze to death. You can just wear that jacket. But I think they should change their name. I can't. I don't like that name.
0: Well, no. It, it, by by. You said Nordic is good. You know, well made. So yeah, maybe that means well made games from now on. So. That's uh, why it's THQ Nordic.
2: One can hope. One hopes that, you know, it's stuffed with, you know, the the goose or whatever it is that they stuff it with to make you nice and warm and insulated and not, you know, toilet paper like they were before. (laughs)
0: That's true. That's true. That's true. All right. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So uh, any final thoughts uh, on on this topic before we move on to the next topic?
1: no i think everyone wants to get to this topic
0: yeah okay so uh this is going to be i guess a pretty free flow discussion we got to talk about black panther because um unless you're living under a tree you probably didn't notice this movie came out this past friday february 16th or february 15th for those of you that went and saw it on thursday night um I really don't know if we should get into any spoilers because I'm pretty sure there's some people that still haven't seen this movie and why I have no idea. Um, but definitely want to speak about the movie because I, I think the movie was fantastic. Uh, uh, again, I don't really know if we should give any spoilers per se, but, uh, maybe we'll have a spoiler session and you can tell people don't listen past this part, but, uh, Dana, how about you start us off and, and let us know what you think about Black Panther, but also let us know about the little story that you had where someone tried to tell you about the importance of the movie.
2: Lord and Black Jesus. Okay, <laughs> so if you don't know, I'm stuck down here at the Toy Fair, which, you know, is all industry and, and people who create toys and people who buy toys and people like me who does the press. I am, now this is, was really funny because I captured all of this on my Facebook Live video so i'm doing just a regular tour of the floor you know and everything's going great and i had this white woman run up to me oh my gosh i just saw black panther i am so proud you guys have a superhero you can look up to and she was like very excited about this movie and apparently before this movie came about you know black people apparently according to her had no ways to pull themselves up from their bootstraps to strive to be better people and she gives me this whole lecture about her biracial children and she kept emphasizing that even though they're biracial, they got into Yale and Brown and Harvard, and you know they deferred to some of these other colleges, they got, also got into Columbia as well. But despite their hardships as a biracial child, they now know that with Black Panther, they can be their own superhero. And this is not the first time that this has happened to me. This is about the third time in a two day span that I have had white people come up to me and be like, oh, my God, you have a hero. We're so proud. Don't do that to anybody who is, you know, a person of color. Just right off the, just just don't do it. I don't care if your heart's in the right place. I don't care if you're marching with the NAACP every single day. I don't care if you're a Jesse Jackson supporter or you're right there with your Al Sharpton wig on saying, yay, black people. Just don't do it. Because it's not only is it rude, it's disrespectful. Yes, it's wonderful that we have the superhero who represents us and comes from Africa, even though it's a fictional land. That comes from Africa, and you know there are kings and queens, and it's something other than Medea, and something other than you know us being Crime Time or us being um, the poor black kid in Precious. Yes, this is great. But at the same time, we already know our self-worth and we don't need a movie to define us. So don't do that. Now, end of rant right there. Just, just, just say no. Just, you know, march with us in, in silence. But just don't come up to us and say that. Also, this movie, what I loved about it, did something that no other Marvel movie could do. And that's give us an actual villain. And even though in my heart, I don't see him as being a villain villain, as in like say a Thanos type thing where world domination, kill everybody. I viewed him as being, yes, he was a villain because he was against what we're all supposed to be rooting for. But he also had his own set ways of which it was grounded in realistic. It was realistic in everything that he fought for. And I'm not gonna go into spoilers because I know a lot of people In New York City, it's hard as heck to get tickets to. I think there's a screening at like 8 a.m. is the only thing that's available and there's only like 10 tickets left. So it's really hard to get any type of tickets. So I'm not gonna spoil it, but I will say this. I was so proud to see a villain that was actually a villain and also was three-dimensional. Yes, he was a villain. No, he wasn't a villain. Yes, he stood for his people and wanted everything to work out. But yes, he wanted to see, and it wasn't anti-white. Let's just stop that right there. No shape or form is this movie anti-white. Just because you have a movie that's pro-black does not automatically make it anti-white. We're all living in the same world. And as the movie showed, we're all living in the same world and the point is to work together. So. My whole thing is, it had a villain that actually was a villain, was one of the best villains, it was one of the best movies that I've seen overall. Me, with Marvel, their thing is that, yeah, they're really great with action, sometimes their story lacks, or sometimes they try too hard to be really funny. For example, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, let's try to be funny, and the story was butthole. Or, you know, let's throw in this action scene at Thor Ragnarok, and you know you're forgetting about other characters or let's focus on hulk speaking like a 3 year old where where's the other avengers and how do they play into this but this was the first movie the first marvel movie where it encompassed everything it took all of everything that all the fans you know griped about and it was like we're not going to do this we're going to be better and i think forgive me if i'm wrong but i think that because it was our first I'm not gonna say our first black superhero movie because I'm well aware of Blade. I'm a well of um, the Meteor, even Meteor Man. I'm aware of Meteor Man as well. But because it was the first black Marvel superhero blockbuster. Let's forget about Blade and the other ones for a minute. But this was something that worked with the MCU, that had this huge story that's going to have this big climactic ending when we get to Infinity Wars 2, Infinity Wars Part 1, and the other, what, Phase 5. I don't know what phase are we on, I think we're on 4. But when we get into these other phases of the movie, it's going to have a huge impact because this is a country, not just a single person, but a country that's affected by Thanos. So, I think because the stakes were automatically higher and then yes, we have, you know, we want a movie, the black movie to be successful. And we want to prove that we're just as good as Captain America. So it had a lot riding on his shoulders and it delivered. And if you looked, it was um, an interview that Kevin Fage did with Ryan Coogler, which who I met a, a while ago, I mistaken him for a teenager. We had a lovely conversation of me not knowing who he was, and at the end of the conversation, I'm like, "I hope you do good and you know in your directing path." I didn't know who he was. He, if you want, look at him, he looks like a teenager. So I'm like, "Yeah, I hope you get into film school one day." Anyway, what he did, it raised the bar for other movies, and it pleased everyone. All the gripes that we had, so. For me, it was just one of those movies that you have to watch again and again and again to get all of the little nuances that they did, all the touches of culture, all the touches of the script, because everybody is so involved with it. The theater I went into, you know, everybody was laughing and, you know, cheering. So there are moments, even the quiet ones, you have to pay attention to. So it's something that you have to watch again and again and again. And also, can we just get a round of applause for Forrest Whitaker? And he fixed his eye. That was the greatest thing ever. Like you fixed Forrest Whitaker's eye. I am going to Wakanda, which I in my head is right next to Zamunda. So I'm very happy.
0: Absolutely. I agree with so many points that you said. All 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 on on point. There are two things that I want to say. But Gary, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, because I know you saw the movie yesterday with, with uh Ramis. So yeah, you could tell us your thoughts, but again, I guess uh, no spoilers because uh we do have some people in the chat that still haven't seen it. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, um amazing movie. Excellent. Um I really loved it. Uh for you know, if you do happen to be a person of color, you're obviously going to feel very empowered by this movie. Um mm-hmm. you know, it speaks to us, but also, you know, I I don't want um people of other, you know, um race to kind of think that they're going to be left out watching the movie as well, because it, at the end of the day, it's still a, a very human movie. It's a movie that anyone can kind of relate to. It's just that, you know, it plays a lot on history and the, the things that have happened in the past in society. And in my opinion, it makes it right. You know, it um, it's, it's a movie for everyone. It speaks to everyone. But obviously, people of color, you know, that you're going to understand uh, certain things that not everyone might be able to see as well um so with that being said i think killmonger was a, an excellent villain probably the best we've seen in an mcu movie so far um and you know like dana said you you might not even want to call him a villain like i've seen people say that he's an anti-hero you know um mm-hmm. online and stuff like that and you know you can make that argument like he's not yeah, he's he's a product of the of his environment. He's a product of society. He's a product of what's happened in you know history and everything like that. And obviously, he goes about his mission in a way that not everyone can agree with because you know he wants to you know um, harm people and stuff. But you know he like you can fully understand his struggle, and he's very humanized. You know, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, like he's he's very real. He feels very real. And he says one of the realest things I've ever heard in a movie like this, you know, this large. Like um from coming from any Marvel movie, he like he says one line in the film that's just super real. Uh and I, I can't spoil that, of course, but yeah. Uh Michael B. Jordan did amazing. Uh, I, I I could even uh, I'll even go on on record and say that uh, that character Killmonger stole the show. Like he's like the shining star of the film. Um, he even outshined Black Panther himself. But Black Panther is also great too. Like you know he's great, and um obviously he represents the good side, the human side of people. Um, so yeah, he represents what's right. You know about the world and everything. Don't
2: represent what's human and all what's right. It's just a different point of view of what's right.
1: Yeah, I mean like yeah, I mean there's many ways to look at that. Like uh I like I can't really articulate it more without, you know, spoiling. So yeah, I'll just agree with you there. But um yeah, like Killmonger was definitely a standout to this film, uh in my opinion. But the whole cast was was great. There was a lot of talent in the film. Um even the ladies were doing their thing, like you know, they they were getting it in, like they were going ham. You know, like um, the the lady who plays Michonne in Walking Dead, she was really good. Um, and uh, Lupita, I think I can't remember, can't remember how to pronounce the name, but the other Lupita female actress, Nyong'o. huh?
2: Lupita Nyong'o.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, she did an excellent job as well, uh, and it was just an overall great cast of characters. Um, And just to address all the people who are acting really silly over racial issues and stuff towards this film, like, it's really not that big a deal. Like, I I don't understand why there's all this racial tension and stupidity like Dana, what Dana was talking about. Like, I don't, I really don't understand why all that is happening. Like, it's, it's not that big a deal. Like, the way people were talking about the movie leading up to me seeing it, I thought, Wow, there must be like some real crazy stuff in this movie for people to be acting like this. But when I went to see it, it was just like, like, there's really nothing like crazy. Like, it's it's just real. You know, it's real everyday stuff that happens. You know, or has happened. Um, And I don't understand where all this racial tension and all these silly comments are coming from online. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like, and. Like I said before, this is a movie anyone can watch and enjoy and understand, in my opinion. And if you struggle to understand it or if you have some sort of issue with it, then maybe there's actually an issue with you. You know, that's what I'll say to people who somehow find some sort of racial issue with the movie. Maybe the issue is with you. Like, cause I don't see what, you know, in that film is offensive or you know anything it's just real like it's it represents what's happened that's it but
2: right and also if you're feeling salty go and watch captain america that'll cool you down
1: exactly
2: other superhero movie that's out there go watch batman
1: yeah and that's another thing i want to say because there was actually some critic or someone uh some media person came out and said um the um the film is overwhelmingly black Okay, what about all the 5 million Overwhelmingly white movies out there Like, why don't you go watch one of those instead Like, obviously you've got options So
2: options, yeah. Yes, you don't have many options We still don't have a superhero Native American Or, you know, an, an Asian movie That with superheroes But for right now, we have one movie And, you know, if you want to count a little bit of Blade and a little bit of Meteor Man, which is not at the same level. You know, basically one movie in the mix of what, 500, they come out every year. So I don't understand what you're complaining. And also I just want to piggyback really quickly and just say that, oh my goodness, there's like, all oh, everybody's showing out and showing up for Black Panther. You know, uh, there's a lot of videos on social media where people are coming in playing African drums. They're wearing zashikis. They're wearing all of these different costumes. We are doing the exact same thing that people do when they go see Harry Potter or they go see the Lord of the Rings or they go see any other of these franchises that people like to do cosplay with except for this is the first time that we actually have a movie that portrays a black superhero like this. So yes, we're going to dress up and we're going to be really excited about it, just like you did when you, you know, did your Harry Potter, your little Lord of the Rings or any other movie that came out, people who was dressed up as Captain America or, you know, Avengers and everybody flipped out about that, be your Hulk inside. We're going to be T'Chilla. So I don't see what the problem is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to get too deep, but... Yeah, I completely agree. And pe- anyone who has an issue with seeing people dress up like in African garments and dashikis and stuff like that, those people are probably just scared that there's going to be some sort of uprising. Like you need to, you know, obviously that's some deep level of guilt that you're feeling and, you know, you're scared that it's going to, you know, um, that there's going to be some sort of uprising. But yeah, people yeah. should be happy to just celebrate the movie that's representing them and that's speaking to them. So there's no issue with people dressing up, you know, at mm-hmm. all. And like you said, they've done it for other movies. So there's like, there shouldn't be an issue.
2: Nope. They just salty about the birth of nation with Matt, with um, Nate Turner, Nate Parker. <laughs> yeah. They were salty
1: about that film too. So.
2: He's <laughs> scared. They That's right.
0: Tried
1: to sabotage that movie. So, yeah.
0: Well, it worked. It worked for him. It it, it definitely worked in, in, in his favor. He has, you know, but he's trying to recover now, I guess, whatever he's doing now.
2: He's doing a web series. It's good for him. What they did was terrible because, you know, Casey Affleck and Ben Affleck on these streets touching and grabbing and groping. But OK.
0: Yeah, well, you're right. You're right. We'll see. So, uh, I mean, you guys have already said a lot about the movie. I, I don't really feel like I have too much more to add. I, I will just say two things. Uh I agree that the story was fantastic. Michael B. Jordan, excellent, excellent villain. And he definitely deserves in that discussion now. When they have a discussion about the top villains in these MCU movies, this guy has to be at the very top of the list. You know, I know we're going to get Thanos in Infinity War. I'll be very curious to see how that's handled now because...
2: I have such disappointment for that. I don't see it going that great. They already... (laughs) downgraded his look from being menacing to now he's like a little purple man from the power rangers <laughs> so i feel nothing they, they even made him look more like josh whedon i'm so confused about um marvel's choices
0: well I, 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 i'm 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 confused that you know you had this this actors playing cable also and you have both of these movies are coming out in the same month now because deadpool comes out in may also. So. Man, that's uh you gotta make sure he don't look nothing like uh the actor now, as far as Thanos is concerned, but I I, I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. Um
2: and I'm yeah. still angry cable. Cable should have been um the guy who played the villain in Avatar. Avatar. Remember Avatar, the crappy movie and the and the villain in it?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I should do remember that. Cable. Well, hey, you know, I, I, I well, well, hopefully we don't need, hopefully we won't see, we won't see any more Avatar movies now.
2: So. No, we're getting, we're getting more, just like in the next 40 years or so. so, so the great thing is we'll probably all be dead by the time they release.
0: <laughs> hey, well, we'll see, oh yeah, 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 there are, there are more coming, so we'll see, we'll see. Um. But yeah, what I was going to say, the two things I was going to say, yeah, Gary already touched upon it. I mean, the way the women were were, were represented in the movie, that was fantastic. And that, from what I understand, I didn't read the comics, but that is exactly how they were portrayed in the comics. So I'm very glad they emphasized that because, I mean, a lot of times you see that the guys are always the ones that are doing all the work, you know, there. So it was great to see it in this context, definitely. And they're very intelligent you know very attractive very intelligent women you know strong women so i was glad that they put that in there um and the other thing i did want to mention something that dana you've already touched on uh you know i do still live here in atlanta the most of this movie was shot here in atlanta so for me to go to an actual screening i saw pretty much everything that you said dana people dressing up in the african attire i actually sat next to a couple they, all they had on was African attire and they had a little, a little son who had on a Black Panther costume. And just to see the excitement in the kids' faces, they you know just mutually bonding. When I go to the theater normally, I don't really just, I go to a theater, everyone is just off doing their own thing. When I went to see this movie, everybody wanted to have a conversation afterwards. So to see that and to see everybody coming to support the film, that was fantastic. You know, the theater I went to normally it it was in a shopping mall area and in that same shopping area there's a lot of stores that are no longer there so normally when you go to see a movie at that theater there's hardly no one there when i went to go see that movie everybody was there just to see the movie and it was line was going outside of the actual mall so it's just an awesome sight to see um i have last time well, we'll go ahead
2: no, I was just going to say, you know, black people don't like to have conversations with random strangers. So it's changing oh, everything.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: You're right about <laughs> black that. More open and everything.
0: You, you're 100% right about that. Um, and for what I understand right now, it, I believe it's close to 200 million that it's made. We haven't even counted the rest of today or tomorrow when it's actually a holiday. So I think it's safe to say this movie is going to definitely break a lot of records if it hasn't done so already. Um, and like I said, it's just, it's just, I'm glad to see. Like I said, maybe in the future, we will talk about spoilers. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet because I do know it was sold out a lot of places this weekend. I was lucky to get a screening that I got the ticket the day before. So I got really, really lucky to get in because everywhere else it was sold out, you know, Friday and Saturday. So it is what it is. But yeah, everybody, if you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend you go see it. Um, Again, just go check it out, and then you'll see a lot. There's a lot of stuff that I wish I could say about the movie, but again, I don't want to spoil nothing. We will have a show at some point in the future where we'll talk about the spoilers. But yeah, the writing, the cast, the messages, all fantastic. Definitely a must-see movie, and without a doubt, in my personal opinion, the best movie I've seen so far this year. So I'll be very curious to see what other movies are on that same level by the time we revisit the discussion at the end of the year for the movies we enjoyed the most. But um, go see it.
2: Yep. And also, I just think it's a really big missed opportunity. I think that they should have had, like, this combo pack where you go and you get the tickets, and you also get a comic book with it. Because it, when you watch yep. the movie, so gorgeous, so beautiful, and the history is so rich that they should have included, like, a comic book so that, and there was a lot of kids there. So they should have included, like, a comic book to, you know, for them to go into deeper with the story. And to learn more about the character,
0: I I, I agree a hundred percent with that idea. That is that was a missed opportunity, but I will I will I will give them credit for one thing. Whoever decided, let's make this movie and let's release it this month, Black History Month. That was a genius idea, from that aspect because it's just I mean perfect perfect timing, perfect planning on their part. But yeah, the comic book idea they should have did that. I agree with that 100%. That would have been fantastic, because then it keeps things going afterwards for, for those that, you know, for those, a lot of people who saw this movie, when I went to the, the theater and I saw it, a lot of people, all age groups, even the older people, the grandparents. Now, I will say one thing that I don't really understand, and I have to say this very briefly. People who watch Marvel movies, you know you're supposed to stay until the very end of the movie to see the credits. I, I don't know why, most of these people, you could tell this is their first time, they saw the movie and they saw the credits, they said, okay, I'm leaving. Didn't bother staying for the scene afterwards. And I think that that middle scene and some stuff that was said in that particular scene is very, very important, but they didn't bother staying for that and they didn't bother staying for the end. So I hope people learn, for those that do intend to see more Marvel movies, you're supposed to say stay for all of the, all of the stuff. But still, excellent film definitely go out there and see it and like i said we'll talk about it at some point we'll have a full-fledged discussion about about everything the movie had to offer but uh that's all i had to say on it gary you, you about to say something else
1: oh uh, yeah i was just gonna say like yeah people need to learn not to like stand up and leave when the credits start like during marvel movies and for dc movies you need to learn to leave in the middle of the movie when you realize it's trash so
2: <laughs> you to not attend the movie Oh, and can we just say really something real quick with DC and the hilarity behind it? DC (laughs) released an article saying that, oh, they're so happy that um, Black Panther did so well that they're going to uncancel the Cyborg movie because to them, if you have one black movie everyone's flocking to, you're going to have another black movie that everyone's going to flock to. Even though we know nothing about the character, they do a terrible job at storytelling. And it's really not even a superhero. He's just a guy who, you know, got into an accident and now he's working with Justice League. He's basically tech. So, but somehow in DC, it translated to, you know, now we can sell tickets to black people because we have a black movie.
1: Yeah, like I, I'm sure a lot of studios are going to capitalize off this now or try to. So yeah, like um movie studios, we're we're going to see through it if you just try and come up, come out with a bunch of woke black movies now. Like, don't don't try to copy the trend. Like, just be authentic.
0: I I agree with that, and one thing I will say is for DC shouldn't be worried about that. They had their moment last year when they released Wonder Woman, and everybody was like, "Well, where is the?" Marvel's version of that, which we will get with Captain Marvel next year, so they were the first to that, so they should be happy with that, on that moment, and focus on making a uh, another good Wonder Woman movie, because even though the first one was good, that villain and the way that they handled the end of that, I was not a fan of that at all, so that's just my opinion, though.
2: <laughs> uh, no no here's why I'm, I'm always upset when people bring that up no marvel did not piggyback on dc when it came to uh women um based movies marvel if you guys remember did that huge press conference where they released all of their phases
0: yeah remember
2: and, and all these other movies and it had captain it, not captain it had mrs marvel or captain marvel or whatever the heck marvel it was
0: yeah that's
2: true, so they released that way before DC even thought about announcements. And then remember, they had their little press thing it was like, Yeah, here's all our movies, and nobody really cared about and we still don't have it. And remember, they canceled all of their movies. So, no, no, yeah, DC piggybacked uh, from Marvel.
1: I will agree That's with true. that. Like, Marvel already had all this stuff mapped out, and yeah. um, DC, you know, um, they came after, so yeah, uh, yeah, We'll, we'll say remember,
2: gonna, yeah Oh, good. No, I was just gonna say. Remember the uproar when they was like, "Oh, we have injustice." What was it? Um, injustice, and nobody heard of the other characters like Cyborg, and so we have to wait until like say twenty twenty five to learn who what a cyborg is. Um, <laughs> who the heck is is Papa Pope doing with this kid? Uh, why is there um you know the other justice league characters that nobody cares about aquaman why are we getting all these separate movies right after we get them them together it's stupid so yeah no no
1: yeah and no. um we're also getting a black widow movie but i, I think the black widow one should have came before miss marvel personally but yeah there's that well. too
0: well, yeah, no I, no, I agree with that. No, I, I agree with that 100%. And I, I understand exactly what you're saying, I, I, what the both of you are saying. I'm just saying the other people on the outside, they're going to see, well, Marvel made that announcement, but what was the movie that got out first? The Wonder Woman movie. So that that's why they're like, oh, that was a success. Now they're waiting for Marvel's, you know, right. mystery, Captain Marvel. And um, who's the
2: franchise that's more thought out? Ah, oh, say what? Who's the franchise that's more thought out?
0: Oh, Marvel, and always. The-
2: yeah. Exactly. so you got your movie out first good for you but can you sustain that because no. i just watched Genesis League. good look no you they can't
0: so they, they they can't then they for what i understand the only movie they got coming out this year is aquaman in november now they ain't no other movie coming out whereas with marvel we got three movies coming out black panther's out now infinity wars coming out in may and then you got ant-man and wasp coming out in july so yeah marvel got all this stuff planned out
2: yep and then guess what uh shirtless Jason Momomo whatever his name is is not gonna sell a movie <laughs> <Not gonna> sell <laughs> him. him doing all those little vignettes with him with no shirt on coming oh, out yeah. the water a thousand times uh, that doesn't make me want to see the movie
0: oh yeah the, the, the women who are fans of him they'll they they're going to see that movie regardless of the uh of any advertising they go oh I he's in it, it. Oh, I'm gonna go see,
2: see it Game of Thrones and be the moon and the stars again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I agree i agree okay so moral moral of the story ladies and gentlemen go see black panther we'll talk about it again in the future i don't want, we don't want to spoil nothing because i mean it just came out but we, maybe by next week we'll be able to talk more about some more stuff but uh i believe uh that concludes our show for this week unless you guys said anything else you wanted to say
2: can i can i just say something really quickly yeah go ahead okay so i went to the toy fair. Which was so boring and horrible. And you know, a whole bunch of red tape and just awful. But I do want to say one thing. There's a fun call line coming out that just literally made my day. I was like screaming of pure joy. They're doing a whole coming to America series. So, yes. So we're getting right now, we're getting Prince Hakeem, right? With him in his royal garb. Then we're getting Hakeem, when he came to Queen, so remember when he was wearing like that tacky gold chain with like the fur, the the, the little tacky garb, and then we're getting the McDowell's Hakeem. So with him and his little broom, you know, fighting off Samuel L. Jackson and that little red and black attire. And then we're also getting um, his best friend, Simi. We're getting him as like the royal Simmy, and then we're getting him as like Queen Simmy. And then they're going to do like there's a gold version of Hakim, just pure gold that's available in Target only. And then later on, they're going to do the other ones with like the dad and the mom. And remember the prince? Oh, gosh, what was that girl's name? I can't remember the girl's name and the character, but the, the love oh. interests.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget her name also.
2: Yeah, um, forget name. I, I forget her name.
0: So I I, so I just have one question: Does this all but confirm we're getting a sequel? Um, You know that
2: are speaking. They want to do well. What happened is Eddie Murphy is saying that he is writing the sequel and he wants the sequel to be out. So it's just up in the air to see you know if he can finish the script. He's not doing anything else, so I don't see what the problem is. He's
1: so rich; he doesn't need to do anything anymore.
2: He's not that rich. Uh, I mean, he drives has like twenty kids, so. He's not that
1: rich, well yeah. like, I, I really miss his acting like I, I wish he would make more movies, but, yeah, it just seems like he's just super rich and doesn't really want to like or he, he takes at his own pace,, but, no, um, he's like
2: it's like twenty different women he's balancing, so <laughs> if concentrates less on dating and less on impregnating women. we can actually get a movie, so that would be good,-huh, oh, good. No, I was gonna say he recently did a movie about him playing a chef and it was really good, but and it wasn't even comedic It was a drama and it was very good, but we need something more
1: Yeah, I agree fully um, Yeah, I did see all the um, funko pops that you were posting and um, so everyone should go follow Dana If you haven't seen it like she posted a lot of great videos um, and you know, I am interested in the coming to America ones but the ones I'm really excited for are the new Overwatch ones that you showed me because like now they've got Mercy, they've got Sombra, they've got Reinhardt, Junkrat.
2: And they're gonna roll out with all of the characters, but it's gonna just take, you know, a a while. But they're available um, this summer and some in the spring. So that should be fun. So any Overwatch fans, they had that they had monster hunter so if you're a monster hunter fan and you're you're in there and you're doing that world then they're gonna have that as well um they also i would just wanted to say not Funko, but um mcfarland toys they have this beautiful beautiful line and you know they're very detailed and they're very well known for their details it's a beautiful line for um we happy few so they're doing that as well so go and check that out as well. I posted photos. Uh, maybe I'll throw them up on the site as well.
1: Let everyone know your uh, social media so they can go check that out. Oh,
2: my social media for, it's also on Twitter. It's, it's Sage, S-A-G-E, Surge, all one word, S-U-R-G-E. It was my wrestling name as a kid. So Sage Surge. And it's also on Instagram as well.
0: Okay, I didn't didn't know it was a wrestler name, so I'm going to definitely mention that on uh, WrestleCast now. You
2: won't have to tell us that backstory. And Surge is the name from Jeff Hardy back when he was a kid, and Sage was like, oh, it just sounds Sage. I just just like Sage. It was a character I wrote when I was a kid.
0: Okay, we we, got to get that backstory on the next WrestleCast. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, one one last thing I'm going to say real quick before we wrap up. Yeah, we did have a showman in the chat that said the lady's name was Lisa from from uh, Coming to America. All- Lisa! Yeah, so so all, all, all I'm going to say about it is this. I, I did hear when they were writing the sequel, it was going to be about, well, now he has, a, 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 I guess they have either a son or a daughter, and he wants to go back to Africa to find his wife. So that's an excellent idea. So I hope that that actually happens um but again we'll have to wait and see a a lot of people kept talking about the sequel to that is coming so hopefully it gets done it'll be very very funny to see uh how how they revisit that that whole story
2: and also give me another clumps movie and i'm good
0: oh well maybe maybe we'll see (laughs) all right so uh i think that wraps up our show for today um want to thank you all for listening and for those that were in the chat thank you for conversating with us it was a good time everybody that's listening on the download thank you for your continued support uh dana do you have any shout outs that you would like to give
2: Uh, i just want to shout out everybody in the chat um everyone who's participating thank you very much um thank you for to that and um not thank you to the toy fair because that was a mess but um, thank you to everyone who who's listening to us and continues to listen to us and to listen to me rant. So thank you.
0: Absolutely yes, thank you for the continued support. Uh, shout outs to once again. Uh, well, I'd like to give another shout out to Mr. Tony Polanco. He celebrated a birthday this past Friday, so happy birthday again, Tony. Looking forward to the throwdown later tonight. So stay tuned for that. And uh, Gary, the floor is yours now. The shout outs.
1: Yep, so big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters M. Collins, Sean Gority, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Nicholas Alvarez, and Miguel, who was in the chat today. So big shouts to you, Miguel. Um, And yeah, shouts to um, everyone on the coalition team, you know, Throwdown Guys, Max, JJ, you know, they'll be back on future shows. And Mm -hmm. yeah, um, I'm hoping to. Uh, record some some extra content and stuff over the coming weeks for both the patreon and the the youtube channel and the site and everything so be on the lookout for stuff and you know feel free to comment and um suggest things that you want us to talk about and all that stuff just you know um make sure you're you you compensate with us over you know wherever it is whether it's twitter or on facebook or on Patreon, you know, just conversate with us and chop it up with us and let us know what you want to see and, you know, whatever you're playing and everything else. So, big shouts to everyone who supports us and has continued to, to support us over, you know, the past 10 years. And that's pretty much it.
0: Absolutely. So, thank you all once again for your continued support. We hope that you have a great week, and we will talk to you all next weekend.